Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church in Fenton. Hey, I'm so glad that you've joined me today. I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Uh, I had made a statement last week about the windows that you see behind me being uh, bulletproof glass, but I was just joking. Uh, actually, I'm standing standing in front of a green screen, and then after I preach the message, my wife goes into the computer and she simulates the background, and so that is just a simulated background, and it's it's really not real. But uh, I was having a little fun with you last week, telling you that the uh, uh, that the windows were bulletproof glass. But you know, in the time in which we live. You almost need bulletproof glass in your window, sad to say. But anyway, so uh, uh, the the screen that we'd used over the the last many months was just a uh, just a plain background screen that you you've seen me preach in front of. But uh, you know, I, it looked like I was going to Sears or Target to have my picture taken with the head screen. And so uh, my wife came up with a uh, computer program that simulates backgrounds. So you'll be seeing me in. Uh, <laughs> in front of a lot of different screens as we move on down the road. And, uh, and I, I don't know if you can simulate bulletproof glass, I, so I don't know if... <laughs> anyway, it's not a real background. It's simulated, so no bulletproof glass. But anyway, had a little fun with you there last week. Hey, let's uh, get back into the uh, material that we've been talking about. We've been talking about the spirit realm. And the first session I talked about uh, that God is a spirit, talked about man, mankind, man, human beings or spirit beings that possess souls, live in physical bodies. And uh, then last week we began talking about the angels and said much last week, so I'll not review that all with you here today. You can go back in our archives and catch up on anything you missed. Uh, next week, today I want to continue talking about angels. Next week, or holy angels, see there's holy angels and then there's fallen angels. And um, uh, so, so last week and this week, I'm going to continue with holy angels. And then next week, we'll pick up uh, talking about Lucifer, who became the devil, Satan. And he is an angel. You need to realize that, but a fallen angel. And he led a third of the holy angels with him when he rebelled against God. And so a third of the angels fell with him. And, and so next week we'll begin talking about uh, Lucifer, who became Satan, the fallen angels, and talk about demons as we move forward. I'll spend several weeks on, uh, on, on, on uh, the devil and demons, okay? Because it's important that we understand about them, because if we don't, the Bible says they can take advantage of us. So, but today let's uh, finish up talking about the holy angels of God, the holy angels of God, and uh, there are two-thirds of the angels. You know, the Bible says God spoke, He commanded, and created the angels. And uh, two-thirds of them remain faithful to God and are holy angels and, and have a ministry that, that is very active and ongoing. You know, uh, you see it through the Old Testament, New Testament, and, and the ministry of angels is very real. They're very real, awesome beings, and, and, and their ministry is available to us today. And uh, in Hebrews, the first chapter and the 14th verse, the Bible says, are they not all, speaking of angels now, are they not all ministering spirits? Now, these are talking about the holy angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So they're spirit beings, they're ministering spirits, and they're sent forth to minister, uh, minister for us 
and on our behalf. And so uh, it's a very wonderful, wonderful ministry that they have and uh, brought this out last week. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, how shall we escape? And, the, and, and of course, the implication was the dangers of this world if we neglect the ministry of angels. And I said much about that last week, so you can go back, like I said, in our archives and catch up with what I said about, uh, uh, you know, the, as it pertains to neglecting the ministry of angels. They, they've got such a great ministry. They're here to protect us, and uh, they provide such pr- uh, uh, protection for us that we should not neglect their ministry, particularly in the time that we're living in here. Uh, I mean, as I've said, with shootings going on all over the country, I mean, go to the mall, go to the store, go to, um, uh, you know, go to the movie theater, go to church, wherever it is. We, you know, shootings going on everywhere. We, we must not neglect the ministry of angels. And so, uh, and, and again, we need to do everything we can do on the, in the natural realm to keep ourselves safe, but we also need not neglect the ministry of angels. And how shall we escape if we neglect their ministry? Their ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation, which of course implies that they're at work for us before we get saved. And then certainly they're, they're at work for us after we get saved, you know, after we receive the Lord Jesus. But, um, Let's not neglect their ministry. That's why I'm teaching on this, to make you aware of the spiritual realm and that there are angels, they're real, they're available to you, they're there for you. And uh, as seen last week, you know, angels, as we look in the Bible, uh, they, they can bring blessing and they did oftentimes in the Bible, they brought great blessing to people. And uh, then also we saw that they uh, at times would bring judgment. And we saw that, uh, well, well, for example, um, when David numbered the people and, uh, we see that, that he shouldn't have done that. And I could preach a whole sermon on, on him numbering the people and why he shouldn't have done that. But nonetheless, an angel brought judgment in, in that hour, in that time. And, and you can see that in the Bible. You can see judgment coming at, uh, at Passover. Remember when the firstborn were to die and uh and and the uh the the destroying angel or the death angel went through the land and executing God's judgment and everyone that was in the house houses that had the the blood applied to the doorpost you know were were uh, passed over and 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 the firstborn didn't die thank god that was a type of the blood of the lord jesus christ thank god for the blood of jesus but um uh so you see that angels can bring judgment. We saw that last week. I mentioned that Herod in, in the, um, uh, the book of Acts was an angel. Uh, he gave a speech and, and the people began to worship him as a God and he received that worship. Instead of humbling himself and directing that worship to God, he received it and an angel struck him and he, he died and was eaten of worms, you know. And so angels can bring, bring judgment. We see that also in the, in, in the book of Revelation. Um, and, and the ministry of angels are all throughout the book of Revelation where they bring judgment and, um, and, and also protection. Uh, mentioned this also last week, Sennacherib. Remember, he was coming against the people of God and, uh, they, people of God were in trouble and Sennacherib, he was a commander of an evil, an evil army. And, uh, and, and one angel went into Sennacherib's, uh, among his soldiers and in one night, that one angel killed 185,000. Uh, of those soldiers. So, I mean, angels are mighty beings and, uh, and they're there pr- to protect us, to help us, to bless us. 
minister on our behalf. They also do execute judgment. Uh, noted to you, but it bears repetition that they can take the form of men. And uh, that, you know, I guess a good example is that, of that is when those three angels came in and uh, met with Abraham. Remember that? And uh, talked to him about several things, but talked to him about uh, the judgment that was going to come on Sodom, you know, and Sodom and Gomorrah. And there were three angels. Uh, uh, two of them, actually, as you study into it, two of them were angels. And the third one was actually the second member of the Trinity. But nonetheless, the, the angels there, they took on the form of, of human beings. And, uh, and, and they, they came and they, uh, they, they talked with Abraham. And then they, two of the angels uh, went in. Uh, 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 apparently the second member of the Trinity after they met with Abraham went back into heaven and then two of the angels went into Sodom to, to, to check it out to see if the, it was as evil as, as what, uh, as, as what, because the Bible said the sin of Sodom had come up before the Lord and so, uh, the angels went in there to, to verify that and, um, and of course it was very evil in there. And then, um, they, they got Lot. See, the Bible calls Lot righteous. <laughs> The Bible call the New Testament calls him righteous Lot because he was a believer. He was a believer, and he's a very worldly man, very worldly, sad to say, but he was a believer. And uh, remember, the angels took him and his wife and two daughters. I believe it was two daughters. Uh, anyway, took took them by the hand and led them out of Sodom. I remember uh, the angels said, "We cannot bring judgment until we get uh, you know Lot, till we get Lot and his wife and and daughters out of there." You know. And uh, then once Lot and his family was out, then the judgment came. The angels brought the judgment and fire and brimstone on Sodom. But see there, the angels came to be a blessing and then, of course, to bring judgment. Of course, uh, Lot's wife looked back, was turned into a pillar of salt, and that was sad. But nonetheless, uh, we see angels at work in the Old Testament. Um, and they bring uh, blessing, they bring judgment, uh, bring messages to people. Um, now... Uh, but remember, if, a, if an angel ever brings a, a message, it's always going to, if it's an angel of God, will always line up with the word of God. The Bible says that uh, the devil himself can appear as an angel of light. And of course, the devil is an angel, but a fallen angel. We'll say more about this, as I said, next week as we move on. But he can appear as an angel of light. He could appear and present himself as a holy angel. So that's why anything that, <laughs> you know, if an angel <laughs> appeared to you or in a dream or somehow or another, because we see angels did appear in dreams in the Bible. But nonetheless, if it's an angel of God, what, what the message that angel brings will always line up with the word of God. And frankly, if, the, if, if an angel brought you, brought you a message, it better bear witness with your spirit as well. But it certainly will not contradict the word of God. Now, uh, so many different directions I could go with this, but let's take just a few minutes and look at how angels look, how angels look, because a lot of people think angels are fat little babies with wings. Others, you know, have this concept of Clarence from a wonderful wife, a wonderful wife. <laughs> I have a wonderful wife, but the movie was <laughs> a wonderful life. And uh, a lot of people think that angels look like Clarence, just a bumbling, you know, silly old man. And uh, uh, that's not true at all. Let's take a look and see how angels look. Psalm 104, verse 4. Psalm 104, verse 4 says that God makes his angels spirits. Well, we've already seen that in this study. And then it says his ministers a flame of fire. So when you, if you were to see an angel, they'd look, I mean, 
They, they, they could look as, as a flame of fire. I mean, they are awesome, awesome, awesome beings. Remember last week, we looked at when the angel announced Samson's birth. Samson in the Old Testament, and after he delivered that message and had talked with Samson's parents and whatnot, remember he, he essentially went in that, that angel went into that fire and just went, went, just went on apparently back up to heaven in the fire. I mean, on the altar, it's just, they're, they're, they are awesome, awesome, beings and the bible says that god makes his angels spirits now they're spirit beings they're invisible we can't see them with our natural eyes unless god was to give let the discerning of spirits go into operation and we were able to see over in the realm of the spirit i tell you what i mean if 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 we could see over into the realm of the spirit i tell you what it would astound us it would astound you it absolutely would and um, don't don't have a, a concept of the realm of the spirit like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Remember that cartoon from back in, I guess, the 60s or 70s? Uh, you know, just a bunch of, ooh, you know, little like, like a lot of people think that, you know, uh, think about Casper the Friendly Ghost. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it, look it up. You can see they think about uh, that when it comes to the spirit realm. Spirit realm is very real. It's more real than the natural realm. And uh, uh, I think if, if, if we could see into the spirit realm, we would be astounded at just how much like the natural realm it is because see the natural realm came out of the spiritual realm. And, um, anyway, I've already said some things about that, but, uh, angels are, are, are awesome, awesome beings. They're not old, you know, bumbling men or just fat little babies with wings, but they're flames of fire. And in Ezekiel, the first chapter, if you want to turn there, we see the cherubim are mentioned and, and you got cherubim, you got seraphim, two different uh, kinds of angels. But let's just briefly take a look at cherubim. Now, I don't know that it calls them cherubim here in, in Ezekiel, the first chapter, but you can turn to the 10th chapter of Ezekiel and there he calls these, uh, these angels cherubim. But you first see the cherubim in Genesis, the third chapter, as uh, after Adam and Eve had sinned and they'd fallen and they were uh, 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 told they had to leave the Garden of Eden, you know, and God set cherubim, you know, at, uh, to, to guard the way to the tree of life. So you see cherubim mentioned there and then you see them here. But let's see how they look. Let's see what they look like. Ezekiel 1 verse 4. Uh, Ezekiel says, Then I looked and behold, a whirlwind was coming out of the north, a great cloud with raging fire engulfing it. And brightness was all around it, radiating out of its midst like the color of amber out of the midst of the fire. Apparently, this is the throne of God. And uh, also from within it came the likeness of four living creatures. Now, these are the cherubim. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Each one had four faces and each one had four wings. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the soles of calves' feet. Now think about that. They sparkled like the color of burnished bronze. The hands of a man were under their wings on their four sides and each of the four and each of the four had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. The creatures did not turn when they went, but each one went straight forward. As for the likeness of their faces, each had the face of a man, uh, each of the four had the face of a lion. On the right side, each had the face of an ox on the left side, and each had each of the four had the face of an eagle. Wow, you think about that. Now you think about that. That's not a fat little baby with wings, is it? That's not a bumbling uh, 
little old man, that, that looks like, like flames of fire. I mean, my goodness gracious. And it's interesting when you study into these cherubim and, and then, and then there, also we have another class of angels called seraphim. We'll talk about them in just a moment, but it's interesting. And there's many similarities between the cherubim and the seraphim. And some argue that they're really the same, but they're, they're probably not. There's, I think there's a difference between the two, but nonetheless, you see, it's interesting here that you see the, 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 uh, uh, you see the Lord Jesus Christ actually uh, portrayed here in the way they appear. They talk about, the Bible says here in verse 10, that each had the face of a man, which um, would indicate, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the book of, of Luke, he's seen as the, uh, uh, the son of man. And then each had the face of a lion. In Matthew, he's seen, Jesus is seen as a lion of the tribe of Judah. And then the face of an ox in Mark you see, he, he's seen as the tireless servant, and, and an ox would be uh, symbolic of that. And then the face of an eagle in John, you would see him, you see him as uh, the eagle is symbolic of, of deity, and uh, he's seen as the son of God in the book of John. So in Matthew, you see the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark, you see the ox uh, and uh, the tireless servant in Luke, the man, he's seen as the son of man, and then the eagle in uh in, in John, where uh, he's the son of God. So again, to review, Matthew is the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Mark, the ox, the tireless servant. And then uh, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke. Then uh, man, seen as the son of man. And then uh, in, in John, the eagle, he's seen as the son of God. But these cherubim and, and the seraphim, actually, they portray the ministry of, are the person, I could say, the person, I should say, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So very interesting. And then verse 11, thus were their faces, their wings stretched upward, two wings of each one touched one another and two covered their bodies and each one went straight forward. They, uh, they went wherever the spirit wanted to go and they did not turn when they went. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like the burning, uh, like burning coals of fire. See, flames of fire, like the appearance of torches going back and forth among the living creatures. The fire was bright and out of the fire went lightning and the living creatures ran back and forth in appearance like the flash of lightning. Now you think about the angels of God and you think about Ezekiel seeing that and then having to write that down and describe it to you and me. I tell you what, that is, uh, that, that's something else. So cherubim, cherubim. And then, um, and actually, the Bible says that Lucifer, who became Satan, he was a cherubim because it, the Bible calls him the uh, anointed. He was the anointed cherub that, that uh, he was an anointed cherub. But of course, when he sinned and and uh, iniquity was found in him and he fell, he uh, and rebelled against God. He lost that anointing. And uh, but but just it's interesting that uh, when you think about the devil, he was uh, uh, well, he's a fallen cherubim. Very interesting. And then, of course, uh, turn to the book of Isaiah. We're just looking at how angels look. I'm just trying to make you aware in this series of the spirit realm and some things that you ought to be aware of. But in Isaiah 6, now he had a view uh, of the seraphim, which similar to the cherubim, some say they're the same. I think they're, a lot of Bible scholars say there's a difference between the two. And I think that there there is but they're very similar. But anyway, here in Isaiah 6, verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, uh, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Verse 2, above it stood seraphim. 
seraphim. Each one, so, so there is a difference between the two because some, you know, the Bible refers to cherubim and then to seraphim. So there is a difference, but they are very similar. But he's talking here about the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With Now, now look at this. Now, not all angels have wings. And I, I've seen that in my study of the Word of God. Not all angels have wings, uh, but some do. And angels don't get, their, get wings when a bell rings. You know, a lot of people think that because they watch A Wonderful Life and they, they think that when a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. I mean, that's so silly. It's not biblical at all. But some angels have wings, some don't. But it, it, but anyway, uh, the, the seraphim here, each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. Now, interesting. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So it's interesting, and it's interesting too that as different men of God throughout the Bible got to see the throne of God, it's interesting they all saw the same thing. As well they should. There's no contradiction. They're seeing the same thing. And it's an awesome thing to see the throne of God. But but let's read this again. He he says here, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, train of his robe filled the temple, and above it, above the throne of God, stood seraphim, each one six wings, two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, with two he flew, and then one cried to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. I believe one for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. Holy, holy, holy. And uh, but that, uh, So we see them here worshiping God and declaring his holiness. And then in Revelation, the fourth chapter, and the first verse, uh, John, uh, he says this, After these things I looked, and behold, the door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit. Now notice he was in the Spirit. See, there's a natural realm, and then there's a spiritual realm. And he was, uh, uh, he, he, he got over in the Spirit realm. And uh, he went up to heaven. And, uh, you know, people argue, did God literally take his body to heaven or did God take his spirit to heaven? He was on his body. I mean, he, he was on the Isle of Patmos. He was exiled there for the testimony of the word of God. But uh, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he was uh, uh, taken up into heaven. Now, uh, did, his, did his body go also or was it his spirit? And uh, just his spirit, so different theologians have different views on that. But, uh, but be that as it may, he was in the spirit. There's a natural realm and there was a spiritual realm. Remember the Apostle Paul, we said this, I think, in our first session, I think it was, maybe it was last week, but that, that he uh, was caught up to the third heaven. And I explained all that in one of our previous sessions. And he said, whether in the body, I could not tell her out of the body. He said, God knows. He, he couldn't tell. And most theologians think that he was talking about himself when he, he was caught up because he talks about a man being caught up into the third heaven. And most theologians believe he was talking about himself, but he couldn't tell whether it was in the body or out of the body. That's how real spiritual things are. Uh, you get over in the spirit realm, you can't tell if you're in your body or, or, or not. You need to be aware of that. Absolutely the truth. And so anyway, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was caught up to heaven and uh, he saw a throne in heaven and one sat on the throne. Of course, that's God. And verse six, before the throne, there. look at verse six. There was a sea of glass like crystal and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in, and in back. Now you think about that. How do angels look? Well, 
these angels, whether cherubim, seraphim, however you want to argue it, I mean, full of eyes in front and in back. I mean, nobody is going to sneak up on these on these angels. Absolutely not on the on this class of angels. Full of eyes, front and in back. Think about it. What angels look like? Certainly, that don't look like fat little baby with wings, does it? Or bumbling old man. The first living creature, here it is again, was like a lion. The second, like a calf. The third, like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. And of course, I already explained that to you. But see, these these prophets are seeing the same thing, as well they should. And uh, the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes. Uh, uh, watch this. Were full of eyes around and within. You think about that. And full of eyes. I mean, that's awesome to look at. I mean, these, 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 these angels are going to be awesome to look at. I mean, you've never seen anything like that before. I mean, I know I, once in a while my wife and I, we go to the St. Louis Zoo and we'll be walking through there and I'll see an animal in there. And I think, I, think I, I didn't know there was such an animal as that. You know, and uh, but I tell you what, you get to see the, these angelic beings i mean we never see nothing nothing like that i mean some awesome awesome things we're going to see uh in heaven and the four living creatures each had six wings verse eight full of eyes around and within and they do not rest day or night saying holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come and again that's the same thing isaiah saw seeing the same things as well they should awesome awesome thing and then we could go on and on but uh let, let, let me make this statement to you uh, there's some some uh, things about angels in the Old Testament here that we've talked about, but let's let's think about angels in the New Testament. When we get over to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and all the way down in through Revelation, uh, angels in the New Testament. Uh, I guess the first one that we would see would be Gabriel. Remember, he announced John the Baptist's birth to his father Zacharias. You know, I believe he was a priest. You know, and he was doing his duties there, and and Gabriel appeared to him and. Talked to him about the, you know, his wife, uh, Elizabeth was barren and, and they were up in years and Gabriel appeared to him and essentially, you know, told him he's going to have a baby and so forth and his wife is going to have a baby and so on and so forth. And, and, uh, much we could say about it. You can read it in Luke, the first chapter. But, uh, one thing I do think is interesting that Zacharias didn't believe Gabriel. Now, Gabriel is over the, uh, 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 he is over the communication department of heaven. And uh, if you really studied into him, you could probably make an argument, and I'm not going to get into it here, that he's a cherubim also, a cherubim. But, but anyway, I can't, can't, can't prove that uh, to you, but I just from study I've done. It, it, but be that as it may, he's over the communication department of heaven, and he announced the birth of John the Baptist. And it's interesting that uh, Zacharias did not believe him, didn't believe him. Didn't believe Gabriel. And you know what? I, 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 he was struck mute. Zacharias was struck mute and couldn't speak until after John was born. So uh, one thing I, I guess we could say, among many other things that we will say, one thing I could say here is that, uh, a, you know, uh, angels, uh, I believe they, they get offended when we don't believe the word of God. I believe, I mean, I believe that would frustrate them or, or offend them. And when Zacharias didn't believe Gabriel, he said, well, he told Zacharias, you're going to be mute, not be able to talk until after John's born. Now, uh, just, 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 just thought I'd mention that. Just interesting. We, we need to believe the word of God. We need to believe the word of God. Uh, 
And, and that was the word of God that was coming. Gabriel was sent from the presence of God with a message for Zacharias and he didn't believe it. Uh, and, and he was struck mute. But of course, the word of God came to pass. And then, of course, we see Gabriel announcing Jesus's birth to Mary. And then, of course, an angel announced uh, and dealt with Joseph concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and you'll see that, that the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And so angels can appear like to Mary. It wasn't in a dream. Uh, the Bible says that he, that the angel Gabriel came in where she was, apparently in the house and came in where she was. Think about having an angel come in your house. Think about that. Think about that. Well, and of course, I understand angels are with us. We have guardian angels and all of that. Now, I understand that, but just, just what I'm trying to say here is, so angels are always with us, all right? You know, the angels, because I believe God assigns at, at, at least one, probably two angels to every uh, human being that's born. That's just what I believe. And uh, I even believe God assigns angels to ministries and churches that he calls and sets sets into being. But just imagine an angel coming in your house and, uh, and to bring a message from the Lord. I mean, and that's what happened to Mary. An angel came in, it was Gabriel, and 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 said, you're the one God's, I'm putting in my own words, you're the one God's chosen and so forth, you know, to, to bring about the virgin birth and so forth. And she, she said, let it be unto me according to your word. She believed what uh, what Gabriel said. And of course, uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and inside her was conceived the Holy One. And nine months later, the, the second member of the Trinity took on human form and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Glory to God. But an angel brought the Word of God to her and she had to receive the Word of God. And she did. And uh, then the Holy Spirit uh, overshadowed her. And uh, and uh, then Jesus uh, uh, took on human form, you see. But an angel was active, and you see the ministry of angel in the uh, 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 ministry of angels in the birth of the Lord. And of course, Joseph. You know, think about Joseph. He definitely needed a word from God. I mean, when you're when you're essentially engaged to somebody, and she's a virgin, and next thing you know, she says that she's with child. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you, I mean, Joseph needed that ministry of angels. He needed the angel to appear to him and, and in the, in the dream and bring him the word that this was a for real thing that was going on, that Mary wasn't, you know, was, wasn't doing something she shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, the ministry of angels was a great help to Joseph. And you can definitely see why he needed the ministry of angels and to hear from God through the angels. Otherwise, you know, he was going to, the Bible says he was going to put her away privately because she, he thought that she'd been unfaithful to him, but of course she wasn't. And, uh, the angels were of great help to him there. And, uh, then of course you see angels at Jesus's birth. If you go to Luke, the second chapter, Luke, the second chapter in the eighth verse, uh, remember, uh, we, we read about this at Christmas time. Well, it's not Christmas time right now, <laughs> but it is time to read this verse, these verses. Uh, right now it's in St. Louis. It's about a hundred degrees, certainly not Christmas time, but nonetheless, Luke, 2 verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord, see there it is, stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, these talking to the shepherds now, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, now watch this, and suddenly there was, an, uh, there was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. You think about that. The heavenly host, an angelic choir 
praising God. You think about that. Joyous because, you know, uh, uh, the Savior of mankind was to be born. And, uh, and they were, they were uh, uh, there with that other angel, uh, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And then it says in verse 15, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven. See, they came out of heaven. They manifested to the, to the shepherds in the natural realm. And wow, I mean, you think about that if you'd have been one of those shepherds. I mean, I <laughs> think about that. And, and then when the angels had, had proclaimed that message and the angel proclaimed the message and they came and they praised God and the angels uh, were there and the shepherds uh, heard that and saw that. Then, then the Bible says the angels had gone away from them. They went back up into heaven. Now you think about that. So angels are very, very, very real. And then the shepherds went in and saw Jesus in the manger and so forth. And then in Matthew, the fourth chapter, you know, as Jesus entered into his uh, 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 ministry after he was baptized there at the River Jordan, after he went out in the wilderness, you know, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, and he was tempted there 40 days and 40 nights. And then at the end of that temptation, the Bible says in Matthew 4.11 that the devil left him, the tempter left him. And behold, now look at this, angels came and ministered to him. Think about that. Think about that. So you see angels at work in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, and then, of course, if you'll go to John, the first chapter in the 51st verse, John 151. Remember when uh, uh, Jesus first met Nathaniel and uh, Nathaniel was quick, was quick to declare Jesus the son of God. And uh, you ought to go back to my series on lessons from the apostles and read about or read or listen to me teach on Nathaniel. Very interesting. But he was looking for the coming of the Lord and and Jesus showed up and he recognized him and he, he declared him the son of God and so forth. And uh, uh, Nathaniel did when he saw Jesus. But here's here's what I want to get at here now. John 151. And Jesus said to Nathaniel, most assuredly, I say to you hereafter. Now, watch this. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now you think about that. Now you think about that. And, uh, and, and so as, as in the next three and a half years as Jesus ministered, based on this verse right here, Nathaniel and probably the other apostles too, uh, at times saw angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And just from this one verse, and, and this, the, because as you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't actually see it brought out where angels are ascending and descending upon the Lord. But yet he said right here that they would see that. And so based on this verse right here, uh, uh, apparently that, uh, there's no apparently about it. Jesus said it was going to happen. So it happened, even though the Bible, as you read read on, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't see where it brings out that that actually, where the Bible brings it out that it happened, but we know it happened because Jesus said that it was going to happen. And so you see the ministry of angels uh, uh, in the life uh, and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, I tell you what, one thing about a healing ministry, Jesus had the greatest healing ministry that there's, that this world has ever seen. And one thing I know about a healing ministry is that angels are, are, are active in, and when somebody is called by God and given a healing ministry, the angels of God are, are, there's angels, I believe, assigned to that ministry. And, uh, and, and, and angels are active if there's a legitimate, 
uh, a minister of the gospel that's called of God and given healing, uh, a healing ministry, that there's angels involved. And so uh, you see Jesus healing the masses and healing the multitudes. And there's no question in my mind that angels of God were there working, uh, working for him, with him, uh, and, and healings were abounding. The power of God was flowing. And uh, the, the apostles, because of this verse right here, saw angels of God ascending and descending upon. And notice he said, upon the Son of Man. It was in his humanity. See, Jesus here on the earth operated, though he was 100% God, he was operating as 100% man. He was 100% God and 100% man. As 100% God, he wouldn't need angels ascending and descending upon him. But as the Son of Man, he did. And uh, and so, uh, very interesting. Very, very interesting. And then, of course, it's interesting if you look at Matthew, the 26th chapter, just talking about angels, just trying to whet your appetite for the spiritual realm here. But if you look at Matthew, the 26th chapter, uh, when Jesus was arrested in the garden of, you know, there at the garden of Gethsemane, it's interesting if you look at Matthew 26 verse 53, when, you know, Peter, you know, he took his sword and, and, and was trying to protect Jesus when, and there was a quite a vast, uh, vast, uh, uh, army, actually a small army came out to take the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, Peter, you know, he took his sword and he was trying to protect Jesus, you know, and cut off the servant of the high priest, right ear, Malchus's ear, you know, that was his name. And, uh, but you know, Jesus didn't need Peter and his sword. Uh, Jesus, look, look what he says here. Or do you not think I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? See, if Jesus wanted to, he could have prayed to the Father, and 12 legions of angels would have showed up. Now, you say, how many is that? That's probably, if you study into it, a legion is 6,000, and you can make argument more more than that, actually, but say 6,000. So Jesus could have called 72,000 angels right there. You know, you can see what one angel can do, we saw that, just ask Sennacherib, when one angel went in and one night uh, executed 185,000 of his soldiers, his warring army, just think what 72,000 angels could have done. Jesus said he could have called that many and they, and they would have come and they'd have got him out of that situation there where he was being arrested. But you think about that. If he'd have done that, then he wouldn't have gone to the cross and all mankind would have been lost. So, uh, into a devil's hell for eternity. So I'm glad Jesus didn't call for the angels and he went to the cross and bore our sins and, and, uh, and, and was, died there on the cross, rose from the dead. And as a result, we can receive him, miss hell, make heaven, praise God. But the point here is, is that he could have, he didn't need Peter's sword. He could have called 12 legions of angels. So we see the spirit realm is real and he could have called those angels and they would have been there just like that. And, and that army, that small army that came out to take him at Gethsemane, they'd have got, they'd have got plowed. I mean, they, they'd had a real problem. And by the way, when G, when they said they seek Jesus and, you know, and Jesus said, I am. And the Bible says they all, that whole small army fell, went over backwards. Well, the power of God hit them and knocked them flat. Absolutely. Read your Bible. You'll see that they couldn't have taken Jesus if he didn't want to go. <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm glad he went. And as a result, he redeemed all mankind. Praise God. But you see the ministry of angels. And then, of course, you see the ministry of angels at Jesus' resurrection. Look at Matthew, the 28th chapter. After he died, you know, and uh, was buried. And on the, uh, on the third day, you know, he rose from the dead. But watch this. Matthew 28, verse 1. You see angels 
uh, involved at Jesus' resurrection. Matthew 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb, came to see the tomb. This is where Jesus' body was laid in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And behold, there was a great earthquake for, watch this, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Wow, you think about that. That was a heavy stone. I mean, because they were concerned, how are we going to move that stone? How are we going to get that stone? I mean, that, that stone was put there. It was, and it was that, that tomb was sealed off and it was guarded. And, uh, I mean, that was one of the most protected sites that there's ever been, you see. And, uh, uh, and that was a heavy stone and it was sealed off and there was a, there was a, a guard set by the authorities, you see. And, uh, but an angel, an angel, the Bible says, descended uh, from heaven and there was a great earthquake and, and that angel rolled back that stone from the door and then sat on it. His countenance, verse 3, was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. So that's not a fat little baby with wings and that's not a bumbling old man, is it? You think about that. The guards shook for fear. These were, these were seasoned, seasoned soldiers, you know, and the guard, they're guards. And they shook for fear. I guess so. And, uh, his countenance like lightning and so on. And, and then in the process of time, the women show up there at the tomb and the angel said to them, don't be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Well, it's not Easter time, but I'm reading it. It's time to read that verse. And uh, come see the place where he lay. And, and they did. And, and then they, now watch this, go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And indeed, he's going before you into Galilee. There you'll see him. Behold, I've told you. So the angel uh, rolled back the stone, but then he also had a word to give to these, uh, to these women. And, and you see that, you see that in the, in the book of Acts, cause you see the angels operating in the book of Acts, you see. And I, I know Philip, uh, in the book of Acts, he was in a revival there in Samaria and an angel appeared to him and, uh, and, and directed him out into the desert to preach to one person, the, uh, Ethiopian eunuch. And then of course, as a result of that, he took the gospel back to Ethiopia and no doubt many were, were saved. You see the ministry of angels. Remember Cornelius, that good man. I think it's Acts the 10th chapter. He was praying and so on and so forth. And an angel of God appeared to him and said, send for Peter. Have him come over here to your house, Cornelius. He'll tell you what you must do. And the implication there was what you must do to be saved. And of course, uh, Peter, eventually he came and preached the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to Cornelius, and they believed and got filled with the, got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and water baptized. Isn't that wonderful? But an angel, see, appeared to Cornelius. So, and remember when Paul was, was, uh, there on that, uh, on that boat, and they were in that storm, and an angel of God appeared to him and comforted him and brought him brought him some what was what was was good news you know uh that that you know yeah everything's <laughs> you're gonna lose the ship and so on and so forth but nobody's uh gonna die and uh so you see angels that work in the in the book of acts and uh and again you'll see you know talking about angels here you're gonna see angels 
uh, an angel active in at the rapture of the church. Look, if you would, at First Thessalonians four sixteen, the Bible. I like this. Is one of my favorite verses in the Bible: For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. This is talking about the rapture, the catching up of the church, which lay out in front of us. The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. See, with the voice of the archangel. Now, who is the archangel? Well, the the scripture says. And Jude, the ninth, uh, one chapter there in Jude, the ninth verse, that Michael is referred to as the archangel. And so, uh, the Lord's gonna descend from heaven sometime in the future. He's gonna descend from heaven with a shout, with a shout. Glory to God. I like shout. I like when people, when the anointing come on people in church and, and the power of God's present, people start shouting, worshiping God under the anointing. Praise God. But this is gonna be some shout right here. My, 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 this is going to be some shout. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I tell you what, heaven, a lot of people think heaven is a, is a quiet place. Heaven's not a quiet place. It's a place of praise. It's a place of worship. There's heavenly choirs going on up there all the time. Redeemed saints praising God, the angels of God praising God. I, I tell you what, <laughs> it's not, it's not a quiet place at all. It's, it, it's a busy place. It really is. And, uh, and people are worshiping God and fellowshipping and it's just, uh, I mean, just much we could say. But the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, see, and with the trumpet of God. Boy, you hadn't heard a trumpet blow until you heard, hear God blow his trumpet. Oh my goodness. I tell you what, the rapture of the church when the dead in Christ rise, the dead in Christ will rise first and so on. And, uh, uh, I mean, you talk about power. Well, you're gonna, <laughs> there's gonna have to be power to resurrect people from their graves. Well, I tell you what, this shout, the voice of the archangel and that trumpet blast when God blows on his trump. I mean, it says a trumpet of God. I mean, God's got a trumpet. You haven't heard trumpet play until you hear God blow on that trumpet. Now, you see, a lot of religious people don't know God has a trumpet. He bl- Absolutely, the Bible says it's a trumpet of God. And uh, I, I, I mean, it's a trumpet of God. Now, you might argue it's not his actual trumpet. It's a trumpet an angel blows. I don't know. I think to, to resurrect everybody, all the believers from the dead, I, th- I tell you what, I, I just don't think an angel is going to be able to blow on that, on that one. I think it's going to take God himself blow on his trumpet and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You talk about the resurrection, man, that's going to take some power. But man, this isn't this, I'm having fun preaching this. I feel the anointing of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first and we who are alive and remain, the Bible says, we'll be changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus shall we ever be with the Lord. That's going to take some power. It's going to take the trumpet of God. It's going to take the shout I believe of Almighty God and the voice of the archangel. He gets in there too. Praise God. Well, anyway, angels are real. You see them all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. And then you see them throughout the book of Revelation. And uh, my, 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 my. Anyway, well, let's see. I've got a little bit of time left. Let's uh, let's conclude this here. Give me a few more, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. I don't know. Well, let's go on here. For a little while yet. So, hey, so there's angels. Now, let, let's just say a few more things here. You know, let's talk a little bit about the spirit realm, uh, more so, more so about the spirit realm. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the spirit realm, like I've said and been alluding to. Things going on over there in the spirit realm that we just are not aware of and that would astound us. 
If we could see over in the spirit realm or if God allowed us to see over in the spirit realm, it would astound us. And look, if you would, at Revelation, the 12th chapter and the 7th verse. I think this is interesting here. Just, just, I just felt impressed to share a few things here. Things, if we could see over in the spirit realm. Notice there, look at this. Now this is, this apparently is for a time yet out in the future, but nonetheless, there was war in heaven or in the heavenly realm. You think about this. In the spirit realm, we could say. And Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. That's the devil. And the dragon fought with his angels. Now, you know, you think about that. There's, there's in the spirit realm, there's going to be great warring at some future time between the holy angels and the fallen angels. You think about that. So what's that going to look like? Well, think about what a war looks like here on the earth and armies coming against other armies. I mean, these things are very real. And uh, so we need to we need to think about that. You say, well, yeah, pastor, but that's sometime out in the future. Well, let's go into the past. At some point in the past, and I've already alluded to it, but it bears repetition, that at some point in the past, Lucifer... Uh, who was the anointed cherub of God. I believe it was he was the angel of the Lord. And he rebelled against God. We'll get into this next week. He wanted to be like the Most High God. He wanted to sit on the throne of God. And he led a third of the angels in a rebellion against God and the uh, other two-thirds of the angels. And don't you think there was some warring going on there in times distant ancient past? So we need to think about this in the spirit realm. There's there's conflict that goes on in the spirit realm, and uh, and 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 this is also brought out in Daniel the tenth chapter. If you want to turn over to Daniel the tenth chapter, and by the way, uh, let me just say this: Daniel, remember Daniel? He, uh, he there was an edict passed that you couldn't pray, and he decided he was going to pray anyway. And long story short, he winds up in the in the lion's den. Remember that? And talking about the ministry of angels and, and the Bible, uh, Daniel himself said, the Bible said, Daniel said in the Bible, he said that, uh, that, an, that God sent his angel and stopped the lion's mouth or shut the lion's mouth. Now you think about that. Thank God for the ministry of angels. I'm sure Daniel's thankful for the ministry of angels. Absolutely. Because there's an angel came and shut those lion's mouths. And those were hungry, fierce lions. Eventually, the people that put Daniel in that lion's den, they got fed to the lions. And the Bible says, before they even hit the, the ground, the, the den floor, the lions devoured them. So I tell you what, what was it that saved Daniel in that lion's den? Well, it, he, he was a righteous man. He walked right before God. But the Bible says, Daniel said that God sent his angel. And shut the lion's mouth. Praise God forevermore. And uh, so thank God for the ministry of angels. But notice here, talking about warring in the spirit realm. Look at this, Daniel 10, uh, verse 4. Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was uh, he was there at the Tigris River. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with uh, with gold of, of euphaz. Now you think about that, sharp dressed. Wow. My gosh, his body was like beryl, his face was like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. Now some make, uh, uh, some theologians believe this is the second member of the Trinity appearing 
in angelic form, and that well could be. And I said much about that last week, so go back and listen to that message if you missed it. But nonetheless, Daniel sees an angel in verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone saw... Now watch this. He, he was Apparently there were some other people. He said, I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were... Well, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Now you think about that. See, Daniel was able to see over in the realm of the spirit. He saw this brilliant fascinating looking being but the other people that were there they weren't able to see over into the spirit but they knew something was going on and I tell you what they, they when they hid themselves I mean it's, it's like when uh, the Lord appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus you know and uh, and and all of that and, and and if you study into that as you look at the three different uh, incidents uh, the one incident but three different accounts Paul gives of that you see that the uh, that that he he was able to see and hear some things that uh, uh, that the others were not the others that were there with him, and so same thing here. Uh, the others that were with Daniel they they didn't they didn't see it, but they knew something was going on. Just like with Saul, who became Paul, those other people with him knew something was going on. They all fell to the ground, but only Saul, who became Paul, heard what what the Lord was saying. And here Daniel was the only one that saw. Uh, uh, this this being, look at verse 10, suddenly a hand touched me, this being, no doubt, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. <laughs> he, went, he went down under the power of God. And he said to me, this being said to Daniel, O Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. And that's what the angels of God, that's what that's what they have to say to us. If we're serving God, they show up. We're in the midst of a tough situation. They'll say, don't fear. Be not afraid. Don't fear, Daniel. For, now watch this. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Now watch this. His words were heard. And I have come because of your words. How? What's one way that you can get angels? Now I believe they're active for us. All right. You know, I, I, in one sense, you don't have to do anything. They're there to protect us, you know. But but in another sense, there's things we can do to activate angels. I, I'm convinced of that. And here, this angel said, I have come because of your words. It was because of his prayer. Because of his prayer. We saw that last week. Remember when Peter was in prison? Remember that? And constant, effectual prayer was made for him by the church. And the next thing you know, you see an angel showing up and releasing Peter from prison. Isn't that wonderful? And here you see Daniel praying. And an angel came because of his words, because of his prayer. But watch this. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Now you think about that. That angel came in response to Daniel's prayer. But there was warring going on in the heavenlies. And it, it and and that prince of Persia. Now that's not a a natural man. We'll we'll talk about this more as we go when we study uh, uh, Lucifer or Satan next time. But but this is talking about a principality. There's principalities. There's powers. There's rulers of the darkness of this world. There's wicked spirits in heavenly places, and 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 there's different levels of demonic power. But this was a, a demonic power. A fa- no doubt, I think a fallen angel that was hindering. This angel that was coming in response 
to Daniel's prayer. We need to realize that the spirit realm is real. There's warfare that goes on over there. There's activity that goes on over there that frankly, in the spirit realm that frankly, most people, including Christians, aren't even aware of. But he, and then he said, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, well, that's the archangel, came to help me. Now you think about that. Wonder what warfare looks like over in the spirit realm. Well, I've already said this. I believe it looks a lot like warfare over here in the natural realm. And uh, for I had been left alone uh, there with the kings of Persia. And this is talking in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm. This is not talking about natural kings and natural uh, 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 warriors. This is talking about angelic. The good versus the evil here. You think about that. Uh, uh, I just feel impressed to say this. You know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, the Bible says that he made a show of them openly. Uh, you know, the Bible's very clear. When Jesus died upon the cross, his body went in the tomb, his spirit went in into hell, the Bible says. And uh, when, when, uh, uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead, when he walked out of hell and he took the keys of hell and of death, I don't believe the devil just handed those keys over nice and neat like. And uh, the Bible says he made a show of them openly and he took those keys back from the devil through great conquest. Jesus is a warrior. He's a mighty warrior. He's the son of God. He's a humble servant lamb, if you will. Lamb of God is what I meant to say. He came as a servant. He said so himself, you know, and we see him and, and, and John saw him as a lamb who had been slain and there's, there's that side of him, but we also see him as a mighty warrior. You see that in the Old Testament when he appeared in angelic form and you see that, you'll see that again when he comes back, glory to God, to fight the battle of Armageddon. I tell you, he is a warrior, glory to God. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah and he I mean, there's a roar about him. Glory to God. But he's also very humble and meek and lowly of heart. There's, there's, there's many sides to Jesus, many facets to him. I heard a minister say one time that he said, I only preach the happy Jesus. I tell you what, I like preaching about the happy Jesus. And I do that a lot. But let me tell you what, there's different, like, like any, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jesus is a man. Yet he's God, God, man. Uh, I mean, he, he's a hundred percent God, hundred percent man. But but as a man, there's many, there's many, and, and even as God, there's many sides to him and to his personality. And he's a warrior. He really is. And there's there's war warfare that takes place in the spirit realm. You need to understand that. And and this angel came because of Daniel's words. But this uh, prince of Persia, this principality withstood him 21 days. And then Michael showed up to help him. We need to be aware of this. And most Christians are just ignorant. I'm talking unlearned about the spirit realm and what goes on over there. And so I'm just trying to make you aware of it. That's all I'm trying to do. But when, but, but let me finish this. When Jesus was raised from the dead, there was conquest that went on there. He, he, I tell you, he, the Bible said that he spoiled principalities and power. That what that means is, is he stripped, he brought the devil to naught. He stripped them of all of his power. Glory to God and authority is what he did. He was, and when he came out of that tomb, he said, all authority in heaven and in earth, and in earth has been given unto me. But what I'm trying to say is that when Jesus was raised from the dead, there was great conquest that went on in the spirit realm. 
But most people are ignorant of the spirit realm and they don't think about that. They can just see the natural side of things, but there is a spiritual side of things. And Jesus stripped the devil, glory to God. He dethroned him, defanged him, however you want to say it, took the keys of hell and of death. And then he, and his spirit came back up in that tomb and into his physical body. His body was glorified, resurrected and walked out of that tomb. But there was great conquest that took place. And so that goes on in the spirit realm and you need to be aware of it. Anyway, then in Daniel here, verse chapter 10, verse 20, then he said, do you not, uh, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight. Now watch this. Let's talk about this angel that appeared to Daniel. Now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I, when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Now you think of that, but I will tell you what is noted in the truth, in the scripture of truth. And so on and so forth. But just to show you, there's there's warfare that goes on in the spirit realm. Absolutely, there does. There is. And uh, and you can see it right here in the book of Daniel. And uh, it's something. It's something. Um, uh, but but let me close with this. Uh, this angel came because of Daniel's words. And uh, we see that an angel came because of his prayer, because of Daniel's prayer. And we see that an angel came and let Peter out of prison because of the prayers of the church. And uh, let, me, let me close by saying, go to Psalm 103, verse 20. How can we get the angels, I guess we could say, more active, if you will, on our behalf? Well, we see that prayer does it. We see that with Daniel. We see that with the church praying for Peter when he was in prison. But go to Psalm 103, 20 says, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word or hearkening to the voice of his word. So what do we learn about angels here? We learn that angels, they're there in the spirit realm and they hearken or they, they heed the word of God. And so if you want to get angels working on your behalf, be somebody that declares the word of God. Declare the word of God over your situation. Declare the word of God over your health. Declare the word of God over your finances. Declare the word of God. There's many scriptures on protection. Declare the word of those scriptures of protection. Declare those scriptures over yourself and over your loved ones. I mentioned it last week, but it bears repetition. But I did that on behalf of my mother for years, and I'm convinced it kept her. It was what helped her to live out her days on the earth. And kept her safe and protected. I do that over my wife. I'll even do it over myself. I did it over my my church members when we pastored, uh, uh, you know, there at 1037 New Sugar Creek for years. And I still do it over those that follow this ministry in this church, you see. Absolutely. And do it over yourself. Do it over your loved ones. Declare that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Do that. And I tell you what, the angels will hearken to the word of God. Now, I'm not saying that we command angels. I'm not saying that we, you know, issue them commands. I'm not saying that at all. Not at all. But what I am saying is, is that if we'll declare the word of God, they hearken to the word of God and they'll move on that word. And so that's what you ought to be doing. And then and then also, too, and I promise I'll close here, but every good minister closes a few times. And if I'm preaching a little bit long you got the convenience now. Just pause me and come back in a little while and finish it. But <laughs> like I said, when I when I had congregations actually, you know, uh, uh, there in person uh, for years and years, 
and I got to preaching along. They were trapped. There's nothing they could do unless they wanted to just get up, walk out. But now you got the convenience to pause me. So let me finish here in Psalm 91. We're talking about how you can get the angels uh, working on your behalf. Psalm 91, turn over there. It's, the Bible says he'll give his angels charge over you. Verse 11, Psalm 91, 11 says he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, verse 12, they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now you think about that. That's a great thing. That's a great ministry to have, isn't it? To have the angels there to keep us in all our ways, to, uh, to bear us up lest we even stub our toe. I mean, that's a good deal. But you know what? There's a lot of people want to claim the 91st Psalm and just claim it. But you've got to meet the qualifications to have verses 11 and 12 uh, uh, be active for you. Absolutely. So let me close with this. Uh, what do you have to do to, to, to have the angels keep you in all your ways and to bear you up and so on and so forth? What do you have to do? Well, you have to read the rest of that Psalm up, up above and find out what the requirements are. Now, I'm not saying the angels won't be there to help you and, and bless you and all of that, uh, even if you didn't do this stuff, because there's, there's, there's truth in that, but there's the other side of that coin. There's things we can do to get them active. And notice what it says, verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So you see, you gotta dwell, you gotta dwell close to God. You gotta abide close to the Lord to get verses 11 and 12 to work for you. And then verse 2 says, I will say to the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. You gotta be saying the right things about God. You gotta be speaking in line with His Word. And He's my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. You need to be trusting in the Lord. And then verse 11 and 12 will be there for you. And then it goes on and it, it, it gives many, many other wonderful things that, that He'll do that you need in the time we live in right here in the United States. You need Psalm 91 when you walk out of your house. You need Psalm 91 when you go to the store. Surely He'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler. From the perilous pestilence, verse 3, verse 4, he'll cover you with his feathers. That's actually with his hands. And under his wings, his arms, you'll take refuge. His truth, that's his word, will be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow or the bullets that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walks in, pestilence that walks in darkness, that's sickness and disease, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it not, will not come near you. Why? Because you're dwelling close to God. You're abiding close to Him. You're saying the right things about Him. You're declaring the Word of God. You're trusting in Him. And it says only, verse 8, with your eyes, you'll look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord your dwelling place. See, that's verse 9. No evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. He'll give His angels. We read it. Then He'll give His angels charge over you keep you in your ways, and so forth. I like what the Amplified says about verse 11. Amplified Classic says, He'll give His angels a special charge over you, accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. So I tell you what, we need to be obedient to God and serve Him, and then the angels will be there to take charge over us and to keep us in all our ways. And then the Bible says in verse, uh, well, verse 12, the message Bible says, if you stumble, the angels will catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. And the implication there, when you stumble, you don't ever stumble on purpose. You stumble by accident. And let me just say this. You know, uh, th this verse here was, was actually the devil quoted this to Jesus there during the temptations in the wilderness. 
and uh, wanted to get him to jump off the temple, you know. And, uh, and the, the devil quoted the, the scripture and said that the angels would be there to catch him. And Jesus said, you'll not tempt the Lord your God. In other words, let me just put it this way. You go up on your roof and you just jump off that roof to, and say, well, I'm going to just prove that there's angels and that they'll catch me. Uh, you're going to go splat. You're going to be dead. But if you're up there shingling your roof or doing something else like that, you have to go up there to clean the gutters or whatever, and you slip and fall, I believe then... You stumble. I believe then the angels will be right there to, right there to help you. I, I do, but, but, you know, you probably ought to use your brain. If, if you don't feel comfortable up there, you know, get a, get a gutter company to clear, clean your roof. Okay. Use your brain. But I'm just saying the angels, you know, the angels are there to protect and to help us. They really are, but not, not if we're going to go do silly, silly things. And so, Anyway, I think you get it. But nonetheless, and then let me, I've already gone this far. Let me finish. You'll tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you'll trample underfoot. That's demonic power there, see, that will have authority over. And then verse 14, because he set his love upon me, upon God, because he has known my name. See, if we'll know the name of the Lord, if we'll use the name of the Lord, if we'll set our love upon the Lord, then those angels will be there. Now, I'm not saying they wouldn't be there anyway, but you understand what I'm trying to get across. There's things we can do that, to have the angels active on our behalf. And uh, he'll call upon me. I'll answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. Are you in trouble today? Call on the Lord. And there, he may send an angel or angels to help you. Praise God. I'll deliver him from the and, and honor him with long life. You want God to honor you? Serve him. And then with long life, I'll satisfy him. That's a good deal. And uh, show him my salvation. And remember, we talked about that there is a salvation. Not, it's not a salvation from hell, but it's a protection, a salvation, a protection that the angels provide. And how shall we escape, the book of Hebrews said, if we neglect so great a salvation. And uh, if we'll do these things in Psalm 91, like dwell close to the Lord, abide close to him, trust in him, you know, and so on and so forth. As, as we've said, obey him, serve him, and all of that, speak the word of God and so forth, then, uh, then, then the angels will be there and we'll escape because we haven't neglected the salvation, the protection that they provide. Well, praise God. Might have went a little long, but I tell you what, the word of God's good. Hope you got something out of it. And we will pick up here next week and I'll be talking about Lucifer and how he became Satan and how he drew a third of the angels and then we'll get into demons and have much. We'll talk about more warfare in the spirit realm and it, it'll be interesting. So we'll see you next time. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, repent of your sins. Receive Jesus as your Savior. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and call on the name of Jesus. Uh, he'll come into your life. You'll get born again. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So God bless you and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.